the light treason news, pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Eric. It's me. I'm back. Hello. Thank you for braving the gross, gross weather oh, to be here. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's disgusting. Uh, yeah. It is so bad. It's like if someone was like, air, but make it unbreathable. What's weird is I'm from the south so you should be used to it i'm used to like real humid unbearable heat i don't know what it is but it's so much worse in new york i think maybe just because it's all concrete and there's no reprieve (laughs) right there's no like shade and also i think part of it too is like in the south like it would be like oh it's like 100 degrees today but i'm just going outside from my house to my car where there's air where there's air conditioning from my car into work but here it's like, I'm leaving my hot apartment to the hot streets, to the hot subway. Uh-huh. Oh, there's air in this train. Oh, the air broke. Yeah. 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 I literally like I got on the subway platform. I was like, that's not so bad. And then I just started out of nowhere just pouring sweat on the subway platform. You know, it's bad when you're grateful for that hot rush of air <laughs> that comes with an express train tearing by. Yeah. It's hot air being shot in your face. And you're like, this feels good. This is fine. Yeah. This is my third shirt I've worn today. Jesus. I just keep going through them. I'm like, oh, God. You know what you need? You need one of those spray bottles with a fan. I should get one of those. You should, like, take it everywhere. Yeah. They also make these, like, I wonder, because I walk dogs during the day. I wonder if, like, they make these, like, cooling, like, rag. I don't know what to call them. They're not rags. They're, like, a little wrap. It's, like, a little infinity wrap, but it's, like, a cooling infinity wrap. For your neck? Yeah, you just leave it on your neck, and it's supposed to, like, you can put it on your face or whatever. It's supposed to stay cool and damp. I don't know. However you can stay cool, stay cool, because it's yeah. nasty. I think, like, people, it's one of those things where, like, I think people are like, yeah, it's hot, whatever. Like, people are like, oh, but I love going to the beach, and it's hot at the beach. It's like, yeah, but you got to stay cool. Like, I, th- yeah. I don't think people take it seriously enough. Like, you could, like, pass out and die from yeah, the Yeah, I, I don't fuck around the few times I go to the beach, because I'm a very pale person, and even if I wear SPF 100, if I go into the water and it washes off slightly, I instantly burn. Mm-hmm. So here's how I do the beach. Um, as I mentioned, SPF 100 plus, mm-hmm. a big hat. To protect my face, big old sunglasses. Uh, Depending on how long I'm going to be in the water, I might actually upgrade to like a rash guard instead of a bathing Mm. suit to cover. Uh, And I have a pop up tent that's like a a, like a backpack Uh that I take to the beach, pop that bad boy open, and then I have like a cooler of beverages that I drag inside with me. And I will maybe emerge if you are lucky. I will emerge to socialize with you a little bit <laughs> before I scurry back into my. So cave. you essentially go to the beach and like build a house with air conditioning. Yes, and, then like and I like there. to hear the ocean in the background, <laughs> and I might go into the ocean for a little bit. Maybe not though. Maybe not. I might not go in at all. Uh, and then I drink on the beach. <laughs> okay. That's how I do the beach. <laughs> That's the correct way to do. Yeah. The beach. Yeah, it sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, and then if we're at Coney Island, we do the boardwalk and we go get margaritas. Okay, fair enough. Maybe do a ride. Maybe, but maybe not. Yeah. Still a good time at Coney Island without going on rides. I've never been out to Coney Island. I've been to Brighton Beach. You've never been out to Coney Island? No, I went to Brighton Beach. That's so I was dumb. Coney Island adjacent. I was next to Coney no, Island, you were but not. I didn't go. It's not the same. Brighton Beach is like right next. It's not the same thing. It's not the same. Well, we should all go to Coney Island. Yeah, I'm down. I'll oh, do yeah. that. Down a clown? It sounds fun. Down a clown a I almost Island? went on 
July 4th because I've always wanted to see the hot dog That's eating contest. truly the worst time you can go to Farley <laughs> Island on the 4th of July when it's like 100 degrees. I out. just like, I just, uh, it seems like something I should see in my life is the hot dog eating contest. I Nathan's just, hot dogs, <laughs> baby. Uh, so while we're at the top of the show, I want us to do our respective plugs yes. because you have something to plug. I very quickly will plug my show at the UCB Theater at Hell's Kitchen. Monday evening at 6 o'clock, if you're in the New York City area, I'm putting up a spank. What the hell is a spank, Allison? <laughs> well, it's a half-an-hour comedy show at UCB. Yeah, it's a tryout. It's and a tryout. If, if it goes well, they'll put up the show for six months at yeah, the theater. Yeah, so who knows? Oh but we're going to have a good time. We've been having a good time uh, rehearsing it. It's called Welcome to the New Church. It's very, very, very offensive. I saw it. It's so good. Oh, thank it's very, you. Very, very stupid. It's and very uh, dumb. I, I am in love so with dumb. how dumb it is, and it it always makes me giggle, even though we've run it a million times now. But yeah, if you can come out, it's free to UCB students. Otherwise, what is it like seven bucks? Yeah, it's like seven bucks or something like that. Seven bucks, guys. It's still one of the cheapest shows in I think New it's York City. Very much worth seeing. Thank it's you very good. so much. And it's paired with a, a very good show that you should see as well. Yeah, it was it was I one thing I really like about your show without giving anything away was every like Every detail of the show is very silly. Yes. Like every, like the transitions between sketches. Very like, dumb. All, like everything is like, er, there's a lot of attention to detail and how silly everything mm -hmm. is. And there's lots of jokes written into everything. Yep. And very I will thank you. And part of the reason I know I'm working with the right people is anytime I was like, this is as dumb as it can get. <laughs> the notes I was getting were always, could it be dumber? <laughs> and I was like, it could be. Thank you for <laughs> could it asking. Be I have ideas. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love the director, the cast. I'm a lucky girl. So yeah, come, come watch it. Uh, Eric, you have a huge thing to plug. Oh, yeah. I'm launching a podcast. Oh, my God. What's it called? What's it about? Oh, Give us the deets. Uh, this is great because I purposely haven't told you the name of the podcast because so I wanted your preemptively live. Preemptively mad. I wanted your live reaction Go on ahead. the podcast. So I'm launching a podcast where I interview bass players because I'm a bass player. Mm -hmm. So it's just a podcast. A very good bass player. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm a. I, I that's the love of my life uh, playing bass. Uh, sorry, face. <laughs> Jesus, what if you go home and like your bass is in pieces? <laughs> I would support her. Uh, but yeah, I like uh, so I wanted to start a show because there's really not one. So I decided to start a show. It's just a regular like interview style podcast where I just interview bass players yeah. about their lives and their careers and all that stuff. And it's going to be called. Oh my god. Based on a true story. <laughs> You're <laughs> such an idiot. <laughs> that is a good title, though. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's good. I've How is based spelled? Is it like B-A-S-S apostrophe D based on a true so story? So here's, here's the thing. So that's what I want it to be. However, uh -huh. when you're like registering a lot of like social media and stuff, you can't put apostrophes in there. Mm -hmm. So officially, it's B-A-S-S-E-D. Bast on a true story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the logo is going to have the B-A-S-S. Yeah, it's just For like sure. when you're like putting in like a Twitter URL or something, you can't throw an apostrophe in there. So I had to like figure out some way to do it. That made sense. You could have just done B-A-S-S-D. I just thought that would be hard for people to search or like figure out. Yeah, because then you're going to have a million conversations like it's based but no E. Yeah, spelled. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's a good call. So I just spelled it out. And then for like the logo and for all the like stuff that will allow it, I think I'm just going to go with the apostrophe, apostrophe D. 
Um, Amazing. Well, yeah, and that's I got, so exciting. Yeah, I got really lucky. Uh, it's like an idea I've been kicking around for a while. And then uh, finally I got the my when I was kicking around the idea of doing it, uh, like when I was thinking about who like my dream guest would be, I managed to get my dream guest for episode number one, which is kind of insane. Can you so, announce who it is? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, so the first episode is going to be with uh, Joe Lally of Fugazi. Huge. Yeah. So I he was in town with his, uh, his new band, and I just emailed him, and he agreed to do it, and uh, met up and hung out with them for a little bit, and uh, it was just crazy. It was just that's un- something that I don't think people, especially people who've never booked a show before, they yeah. don't understand. They're like. You know, I've I've either co-hosted or hosted a show for so long. Yeah. And people are like, how do you get these huge guests? And it's like, you ask. Yeah. And like, the thing you don't see is like the hundreds of emails I've sent where no one has responded right. or they've said no. Yeah. Sometimes in a very nice way. Yeah, yeah, They sure. just can't do it for whatever reason. Right. But like, you see the handful of times like someone huge said yes. Right, right. And then it seems like a miracle. It's like, no, just ask. Just ask yeah. people. Yeah. I mean, especially in this world of like people that are into entertainment, like... Most of the time, people are looking for excuses to talk about themselves. A hundred percent. Or sometimes they're very flattered. They're yes. like, I didn't think anybody wanted to hear from me. Yeah, that's kind of, that's always the surprising part to me. Yeah. Or like, oh, yeah, I'm very, I was like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, like, is this fake? It's like, funny, I, too, because everybody's insecure about something. So, mm-hmm. like, when I invite big comedy people onto the show, they're like, oh, but I don't know that much about politics. <laughs> Even if they are like, they actually do, it turns out, yeah. they feel insecure about that. And sure. political people, are scared they're not funny enough right uh right. which again is like don't try to be funny and you will probably accidentally say funny things yeah yeah absolutely don't I, try to come in here hot with a million one-liners yeah that's the only thing oh, that would be unbearable yeah, yeah. you're just like sitting there waiting like when can when can i use when it? will when this end yes. when can i pretend i accidentally <laughs> deleted this episode uh-huh. i've done that <laughs> before <laughs> um but yeah i think yeah i think you know one thing i've learned in this whole process and just i think in the like couple of years of like before i moved to new york playing in bands and also like in the couple of years i've been in new york is like it's really kind of remarkable how much you can ach- like get done if you just like try <laughs> if you, <laughs> you just try, go for and, it and this is huge and i'm i work on this every day so i'm not throwing shade at anybody and you don't have an ego yes because the thing is if you try and you have an ego, it will destroy you. Yeah, really. Because you are going to fail a million yes. times. Oh, you're gonna be yeah, so so much. Yeah, I was just talking to uh, somebody about that. Uh, and it was just like you know the 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 idea that like if you do anything like this, like any sort of entertainment, like music, podcasting, comedy, like it's ninety percent rejection. Yeah, <laughs> and like yeah. heartbreak and like. That's truly why, like, if you don't love it, don't do it. Yeah, exactly. And like, you're probably never going to be satisfied with what you're putting out. Never. But you gotta just, yeah. you gotta just do it and put it out. And, and you like, also have to be open to. Oh my God, did we just become an advice podcast? <laughs> but guys, we're gonna get to uh, yeah. recommendations and news in a second. But what I was gonna say is, you also have to be open to like when good things genuinely happen and you are getting good feedback. Yeah. Because as an artist, yeah, you're you're always striving to be better. That's good. That's part of what makes a good artist. But you also have to like occasionally hit pause and listen to people who were like that thing you just did was good and you should feel good about it yeah it'd be like oh yeah and to savor it before you fly into the next <laughs> thing i'm talking to myself right now yeah, yeah yeah i had to train myself every time somebody gave me a compliment to just i literally had to like talk myself over several years and just being like thank, thank you. you even even if you're <laughs> thinking i fucked this up i fucked yeah. that up just say thank you that's my new thing is like i and i don't even <laughs> i had to like literally like 
put the brakes on and just be like, just say thank you and stop talking. They're, they're not your therapist. They don't want to <laughs> hear about your neuroses. So, yeah. Like, you're basically throwing their very nice compliment in their face uh-huh. when you're like, would this suck? You're like, you're, you like that, you idiot? <laughs> yeah. Did you not see the million times I fucked up? Like, uh-huh. just say thank you. Yeah. Eric and Allison. <laughs> uh, so where could people follow based on a true story? So I have started. They're not up and running just yet, but they all will be this week. But I started a Twitter. Great. Uh, at twitter.com slash based pod. B-A-S-S-E-D. Yep. B-A-S-S-E-D. So it exists though. So I can link to it. Yes. There will be a link. It's just not uh, the like logo and stuff is not up yet, but that'll all be coming this week as cool. the first episode rolls out. Very and then, cool. Uh, I'm going to go follow. Yeah. And then uh, hopefully it'll be out. Uh, I've done five so far. I think I have two more planned. So hopefully I'll have like a nice, uh, nice log of episodes to start putting them out weekly and then Very just cool. keep going from there. Wow. Should be fun. Huge. Yeah. Well, best of luck. I know I really it'll be great. I'm excited to hear it. Thanks. I really like being like 10 years late to <laughs> cultural phenomena. You're late, but also, I mean, you're not late, like whatever. But I feel like this is so niche. Yeah. That's too, that part if of you were like, I'm starting a political podcast, <laughs> first of all, I would murder you. <laughs> but then I would be like, well, I think it'll it'll be kind of hard to break through yeah. at this point because it's the most oversaturated right. genre of podcast yeah. at this point next to like true crime. Uh-huh. Uh, but and, no, I'm sorry. Next to comedy and then sure, true crime. Sure. But uh, best of luck to you. But like with this, it's sort of like it, I I'm also not a musician or a bass player, so I don't know if there are there. I the, the main reason I I decided to like I had the idea for a while, and the main reason I really got the jump on it and just you know lit a fire under my own ass and got, mm-hmm. got it going because I couldn't find like there wasn't one, right. there wasn't another one. So like that's that. huge. Yeah. So uh, and uh, I think it's gonna be fun because it's not a super like. It's not going to be a super like nerdy podcast where if you're not a bass player, you can't listen to it. Mostly I'm, ta- I'm just talking to bass players, but about their lives and careers. So I think there's a lot of g- great stuff that people can listen to, whether you know, how, like whether you're a musician or not. I also just think it's interesting to choose to focus on someone who historically is not the person in a band who gets the most attention. Yes. Yeah. So like a big part of it. We're as not well. the lead guitarist or right. vocalist. We're not the drummer. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like that must be a unique experience being a bass player in right. rock bands. Where yeah. it's like, w- what is that like? Yeah, you that know? was a, another big reason I started it. Yeah, because yeah. like, there's so many bass players that don't ever really get their stories told. So Yeah, and, like, phenomenal musicians yeah. that not a lot of people can name yeah. off the cuff. Unless Absolutely. you're, like, a huge music nerd. And right. that's very interesting. Like, they played such integral parts in creating music you love but maybe you can't even name who they are <laughs> right yeah 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 absolutely yeah so that was a big reason it's just like yeah hopefully to bring light to a lot it's of these like people bigger than just bass yeah exactly music. yeah i just want to like let them tell their stories and you know some some episodes are really like nerdy about like like bass stuff about like gear and stuff like that mm-hmm. but a lot like a lot of the ones i've recorded so far mostly deal with just the world of being a musician and their life story and how they got to do it and right. stuff like that so i Very think there's cool. a lot of cool stuff in there you gonna get some uh quip sponsorship <laughs> some casper <laughs> mattresses we'll see 
We'll okay. see. We'll see what Some comes in. Some fresh direct. Yeah, I'll take it all. I'll Some. It all. Uh, what else is there? Uh, Some. Uh, uh, what? Uh, what's uh, pur- purple mattresses? Purple well, mattresses. Cas- yeah, purple, purple carrot. Purple carrot and sure. purple mattresses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! Hold on. Uh, what the fuckers her name? Oh, ah, I'm spacing. She, uh, Madison Reed. You gonna get to Madison Reed? I don't know Madison Reed. That's a uh, that's a my favorite murder sponsor. <laughs> Madison Reed names the company after her daughter wow. Madison because she believes I'm not doing the rest because I'm not getting paid by that woman. Okay, so we plug the shows, guys. Also, you are listening to a 100% listener supported podcast. Um, you won't hear a commercial for any of those products we just <laughs> made fun of because you guys support the show and you don't have to listen to commercials, which is great. So please go to uh, lighttreason.news or patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. That's my Patreon. If you sign up there, you get benefits like $5 a month or higher. You can send questions that we'll answer on Light Treason News. $10 a month or higher, you get to do the online hangouts every month. Awesome. $50 a month, I'll send you a fucking handwritten letter every what? month. And all those other benefits. So if you want to support us, sign up at lighttreason.news or patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. Now, we're going to do a little bit of a longer pop culture section because we ranted at length. <laughs> but I got some recs. Do you have some recs yeah, you want to give? Yeah, Okay. So let's start with, I'm going to save the one I want to talk about the most for kind of a segue into the bad news section because okay. I consider it bad news. Oh, okay. I, S- I think I know it. You probably be. do. I'm yeah. sure you do. <laughs> so uh, here are my genuine heartfelt recommendations. Uh-huh. Um, the It trailer, the new It trailer that yes. just came out is Ooh. great. Man, that music is so good and is so unsettling mm-hmm. and makes me feel very disoriented yeah. while I'm hearing it, which, of course, is is the uh, effect they're going for. But it looks really good, and I'm very excited yeah, about it. Yeah, it looks very good. So, also, I finally got to see Top of the Lake. Are you familiar? Oh, I'm not. Okay, it's on Hulu okay. at the moment, and it's directed by Jane Campion and a guy... Sorry, I don't remember the guy's name. <laughs> but I remember Jane Campion because she's an amazing director. Mm-hmm. She directed The Piano and Bright Star. Okay. And she's just uh, this wonderful, eccentric uh, lady director who's been around forever. And like when she started, she was like the only female director. Yeah. And now it's it's still a bad field for gender equality, but she's just like this old school badass director who's right. just been slogging forever and is like <laughs> so wonderful and so gifted anyway uh top of the lake is about a very rural community in new zealand okay where a little girl named tui disappears so it's the mystery of like what happened tui why did she disappear (laughs) it's a bunch of all these like um (laughs) like local uh sort of roughnecks and there's also a little bit about like the aboriginals in the area um and yeah, it's it's a really interesting story. So it's it's Kiwi Twin Peaks. 
Uh, kind of. <laughs> Even like the music uh-huh. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, reminded me of Twin Peaks. So Elizabeth Moss stars in it. Okay. And just a disclaimer, it takes you a few seconds to adjust to a New Zealand accent coming mm. out of her. I was Because especially I'm watching The Handmaid's Tale right now. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, what the fuck? But I have to say to her credit, she does a watered down enough accent mm-hmm. that it's not a huge distraction. Right. Also for my Lord of the Rings fans what? out there, Boromir's in it as well. Oh. What, what? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Faramir. Faramir. <laughs> not Boromir. Oh, they are going to come for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Not, uh, not, oh my God, what's the actor's name? Not Sean. Uh, he dies and everything. Sh- oh my God, Eric. I don't know. Oh, how are you leaving me hanging like this? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, hold on. Nobody get mad at me. Sean. Sean Bean. Sean, Sean Bean. Sean Bean. It's. Faramir, his brother, <laughs> is in Top of the Lake, and he's great. He's nice. so good. Uh, I highly recommend that. I also watched season one of The Terror, which is on Hulu. Ooh, I've, I haven't seen it, but I, I know of it. I it feel like good. it will be extremely your shit. Yeah. Uh, if only because it is every... Not that I think you're necessarily into this, but it was just like amazing to watch. It is every good English actor working right now. It oh, feels yeah. like it's like the guy from Chernobyl, right? The dude from Outlander, mm-hmm. uh, not not hot Scottish guy, but her boring <laughs> uh, previous boyfriend. Uh-huh. Uh, he's great. He's so good in it, and like a million other British character actors who you will recognize. Yeah, yeah. Like the first episode, the whole time I was just like, "What? What? <laughs> what? Like he's in this too?" Right. Uh, it's great. It is a horror series, so there are horror elements to it. Okay. FYI. Um, and I, I will say this, if I'm to give, if I'm to give some criticism, mm. I will say notes. that the show is much scarier when it's environmental and there are like tense little things going on than when they get really into CGI. Mm, yeah. The more they start to show of sor- certain supernatural elements, the mm-hmm. less scary it becomes. That but it is fucking so scary. The first a, half of the show. That's been a general, I've. I have that feeling generally about horror shows or or movies. I'm not really like creeped out by like the vision of stuff, you know. I'm not either. I know some horror fans are fascinated by that stuff because they they're like really into the makeup and they're really into like yeah. show me the scary thing so I can see the scary thing and understand it. I know there are people like that, but I much prefer there there are moments in the terror where something's happening like behind a wall of snow and you just see a shadow. Yeah. That's so much scarier to me than when you show me like the monster up close. Yeah. I was thinking about that. um, And we may have even talked about it, but uh, when I saw hereditary, yeah, I thought it was so much scarier. I thought the first like three quarters of the movie so much scarier than the last percent. I mean, Ari Aster has that problem a lot in his films where like, the yeah the first two thirds very scary and then he's like and here's everything why it happened and it's like suddenly not scary anymore yeah yeah um guess who didn't find hereditary scary is that you no it was airy oh really yeah chloe's airy yeah it's like yeah because i think i don't know maybe it's just because when i i never had like i didn't have a childhood of watching a lot of horror movies i watched like the classics you know like Nightmare on Elm Street, sure. Freddy, all that stuff. Sure. I watched that stuff. I liked it. It's like entertaining. Yeah. yeah, but it wasn't like I didn't. I wasn't one of those kids that was super into them. Mm-hmm. What I was into was like 
Alfred Hitchcock presents. 100%. I love suspense. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think that's what Twilight always gets Zone. me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, yeah, like, watching Hereditary, like, the first two-thirds of it, as, like, it's just the tension. It's just, like, the building. The first, this is a fun question. Guys, hashtag Pod. what was your first memory of being genuinely scared by seeing something on a movie or a television series? My earliest memory of being like, I can't sleep, I'm so scared, mm-hmm. is Twin Peaks. Okay. Bob. Yeah. Specifically, the scene where Bob comes crawling over the couches. Yeah. That, like, scared me so <laughs> badly when I saw it as a kid, I uh-huh. could not sleep. You know what mine is? I think, uh, the at least what I can think of as being the earliest one, and I've heard somebody else mention this before, too, which was great, which was very vindicating, is <laughs> the the title sequence, the opening of The X-Files... Okay. And, and so just the you know the credits, yeah, the opening yeah, yeah. credits, specifically the stretchy face. Oh, sure. <laughs> so you got like Slender Man before uh-huh. Slender Man. Yeah, the stretchy Man. face really like I was like really made me uneasy. Yeah. Like, like yeah, really yeah. got me. There were a couple episodes, uh, uh an episode of the X Files that really, really scared me was the dude who could fit into air vents. Oh yeah. Which is like a classic X File yeah. episode. Yeah. Uh also that's Percy from the Green Mile. Yeah. So I already had like negative connotations <laughs> of that actor. But no, I got that timeline right wrong. I don't think he had done the Green Mile yet. Whatever. Yeah. Uh so watching that I like could not I watched it with a group of my friends and we refused to close the door when we had to go pee in the bathroom because mm-hmm. there was an air vent in there. Yeah. So we went in like pairs yeah. to like guard each other from a fictional monster <laughs> who we thought was gonna fit in an air vent. It traumatized us. Yeah. I also was really, really affected by, uh, what is, what's it called? Uh, scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh, sure. That, those books really got me. Yeah. They like, re- like, cause I had just had, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys, like when I read, like I have a very vivid, like visual in my head when I read. Like, uh-huh. uh, and so like, yeah, that was really like, <laughs> it yeah. was kind of like watching a movie. Like, and it, it really got me. Right. Like, th- that really got me. Guys, what's the thing that scared you the earliest? Hashtag light trees and pot. I am genuinely curious. I love hearing stories like that. Cause it also reminds me of that. I saw that and I was like, oh yeah, that fucked me up too. Yeah. Uh, so what else did I want to wreck? Okay. So I have a light recommendation. Ooh. Let's say a lukewarm recommendation. <laughs> the new season of Queer Eye is up. Oh, I binge yeah. watched it in a day. And it's it's the same old formula we all know and love, right? Yeah. Like Karamo's going to make somebody cry. Um, Anthony's going to prepare a non-impressive dish. <laughs> That's literally... So I went. I came home the other day. Hazel, how do you know he sautéed some scallions? Okay? <laughs> so who's literally, impressed now? Yeah. I came home the other day and Faith was watching it. I was like what are you watching? And she's like, oh, new Queer Eyes out. I was like, oh, is Anthony making like mac and cheese or something? <laughs> I mean, basically. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, bless him. <laughs> he He's cute, so they keep him around. And uh, no, he also seems lovely. I'm sure he's very nice. Yeah. But anyway, like, it's, it's the same formula. If you loved the other seasons, you love this season. It just does feel like a little bit of the magic is wearing off now where it's like, we know what they're going to do. They're super aware of the success of the show now. So I think you can you can feel that they're behaving a little differently, not in like Devo ways or anything like Mm -hmm. that. But like clearly the show is a huge hit now. And what are like 
the obligations you feel sure. knowing that so many people are watching you right, stuff like right. that but uh yeah it's it's a good old reliable if you liked every other season you like this season uh-huh. uh any other recommendations did you recommend anything i don't uh, think you did i haven't yeah i was okay. waiting for you to get done with yours. no thank you Very um polite. uh let's see so music wise i'll recommend uh an album i've been listening to a lot this summer is by a band called pup pup mm-hmm. uh album is called morbid stuff Okay. Uh, it's great. It's like this really upbeat, like kind of pop punky bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're great, and their new album is so good. It's very catchy, very infectious. It's a great summer album. Uh, very listen cool. to that a lot. Um, if you had to compare them to another band, what's the band? Ooh, goodness. <sighs> yeah, that's tough. Dumped you. Yeah, that's tough. Stumped, yeah. Good um, question. Good question, Allison. Yeah. That's how I rate if it's a good question or not. If I, <laughs> if I render completely the, yeah. render you speechless, uh-huh. it's yeah, a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I think they do a lot of stuff that they they play. I don't know. It's weird because they do like – it's in, in some ways, it's very like similar to a lot of like uh, – of, you know, modern like – pop punk bands that everyone knows like uh like a follow-up boy or something like that sure. but they do a lot of stuff that's different they 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 play a lot more with uh sort of like the singer doesn't have like he does a lot, a lot more like less traditional like melodic singing and more more like talk singing and stuff like sure. that um and uh yeah it's just it's very upbeat it's very fun it's cool. a great like summer album Excellent. um uh let's see and I mean, I know I've, I mean, I've talked about the show at length on here before, but <laughs> I've just been, I've just been rewatching all of Psych. Oh God. <laughs> Every time Eric is on the show, I'm not even writing it down as a recommendation. <laughs> Everybody's going to assume Eric talks well, about I Well, I started rewatching it because they just announced that they're doing a second movie. So uh-huh. that, so there was this, there was the Psych series in the two, like from like 2006 to 2012 uh-huh. or something like that to, to 2013, something like, around there. Uh-huh. And then they did a movie like two years ago, okay. twenty seventeen, I think, and they just announced that they're doing another movie. Wow! At the that'll be out at the end of this year. Wow! So, That's a lot of psych. Yeah, it's it's great because there's like nine seasons. They're hour long episodes. Oh my god! Oh yeah, it's great. Uh, it's a great show. I I firm, it's I stand by. It. I have somehow never seen an episode of Psych. You know who wrote on the first two seasons of Psych? Who? Tammy Sager oh okay you know how to get me to watch it uh-huh yeah yeah uh, i think you would like it i don't know that it's the type of show that you would normally watch but i think the writing on it is so good yeah that because it's the premise of the show is silly and the basically everyone i've ever talked to about the show is like because it's you know it was like a usa show you yes. know and so it's like it's very similar in tone and stuff to like monk. It's always on like at your parents' house during mm-hmm. the holidays. Yeah. So like it's very, it's got that same like production quality and stuff of like monk and mm-hmm. burn notice and all these shows that were on USA. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is that like a lot of those shows all get a bad rap. I think monk has like a pretty good reputation, I think, but like a lot of shows get a bad rap being formulaic and kind of like, just kind of like tchotchke TV basically. Yeah. But what's great about Psych is that the writers, I think, focus less on the plot of the show and more on the relationship between the two characters, mm. the two main characters and their friendship. And that is that makes the whole show. 
Okay. Uh, just like watching these two like childhood best friends like, sure. interact every episode. It's it, it makes the whole show. Okay. I'll check it out. Yeah. Uh, any other viewing, listening, reading recommendations mm. before I fly into my rant about no, the last let's, pop let's go to your rant okay. I, I really need to see Toy Story uh, why am I not excited I'm not excited but I feel like I need to see it I don't even necessarily maybe I have to rewatch Toy Story 3 I remember it being very good I remember almost crying at the part that everybody sure. almost cries at sure. yeah. or does cry at mm-hmm. and because it's manufactured to make <laughs> yeah. you feel uh-huh. horrible um and I'm just sort of like, whatever about the fourth one. Yeah. I just want to see it. It's one of those things of like, wh- I remember when Toy Story 2 came out, mm-hmm. which was in 2005. Really? I don't know if I saw that. Well, I, I, speci- I don't actually remember the movie that well, but I remember it coming out because when, or no, no, this is Toy Story 3 that I think came out around 2005 or something. Because I remember it, it came out and I was like, oh yeah, we got to go see it. Sweet. And then... Someone was like, oh, yeah, it's been 10 years since the first movie. And I was like, 1995? That can't be possible. That can't be right. And I looked it up. I was like, oh, my life has flown yeah. by. Yeah. You know, I so mean, that is like the good thing about the franchise. They really take their time between the Toy Story films yeah. to make them, again, like manufactured in a lab perfect. Yeah. Like they get the story just right. They get the characters just so. And... Like, that is what Pixar does, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Lately, it's been making me feel sort of how I feel when I go to Disney World, which is I am technically having a good time <laughs> because I am engaged in a lab experiment yeah. where there's been 10,000 lab rats before me, and they uh-huh. have perfected this experience yeah. for me. And that, like, makes me feel unwell. I also think there's something to... I think it's also just part of the general culture of movies now where it's like, I want to see Toy Story 4. Oh, look, I'm obviously going to see it. Yeah. But also, <laughs> like, I'm also like, what's playing at the movies? Uh, it's uh, Toy Story, uh, Top Gun. You know, or they announced that. Another Marvel gonna, film. Another. It's like. And again, I'm a huge Marvel nerd. I will see everything they have just announced in the new Marvel Universe calendar, including the Black Widow movie, even though I don't like Scarlett Johansson. I'm going to go see all of them. Having said that, they don't tell new stories anymore. I remember somebody... I think that's why I'm so excited by Ari Aster and everything he does, because I'm like, well, I've never seen anything like this before. At least it's original. I truly feel like the, the most ingenious bold storytelling is happening in horror right now yeah because it's still the one genre where you as a new film director or writer can break through and not to have this decade-long relationship with a studio where it's like well we know we can trust this guy because he wrote the iron man movies for us so just give him the next comic book hero movie like you can be a new unknown director in horror yeah and people will still sort of like sit up and take notice i also think because this is interesting i because there's something to horror where like you need the element of seeing the movie for the first time Mm -hmm. and i think because of that with a few with a few notable exceptions they don't do a ton of remakes there are franchises there's franchises but they don't do a ton of remakes there's been a couple remake 
There's been a couple. So like Rob Zombie redid Halloween. So you don't consider like sequels like remakes? No, 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 no. That, I mean, sequels are their own yeah. bad thing. Because there are tons of horror sequels. Yes, there's tons of sequels. I'm but talking like about like rebooting a franchise. No, honestly, I wish they would do it more. Really? Yeah, I like. I would like to see some of the older horror franchises like really rebooted. But do, when you say rebooted, do you mean like make a new movie in that franchise, or do you mean? reshoot the first movie with new actors uh yeah like uh, like a new vision of that story really yeah i, would, I would see that because I, I, I think like there's a lot of horror a lot of horror base is based on what's happening in society at the moment yeah so i think it would almost make it an entirely new that's interesting thing to watch because i i am so done with just I remember somebody posted a picture from like their local movie theater and literally all five movies were playing were remakes of 90s movies. Oh yeah, there's definitely like a crisis in in studio filmmaking like, right now. Yeah, we, and I, a lot I'm of that is of they the thought they would have exponential exponential growth and yeah. they obviously that was not sustainable mm-hmm. and now they're like fuck, I guess we just start remaking The Lion King and Aladdin yeah. and they don't realize or they don't care that they are fucking themselves for decades from now when what are you going to do now you don't have any new stories what are you going to reboot <laughs> yeah. i guess we reboot the reboot yeah like if you don't tell new stories there's nothing to revisit right uh anyway guys last thing in pop culture and then we have to get to news yes, let's, do it. let's talk about this fucking cat trailer oh my god talking about reboots we don't need oh uh god. i'm horrified <laughs> okay i think the cgi is beyond uncanny valley it is something that is horrifying and new. I never, I see Judy Dench, cat Judy Dench in my nightmares. <laughs> Taylor Swift, why does she have human boobs? Yeah, why does she like? Why does she have a, like a soda can that says catnip? Like, why? Well, because her character is like the slutty cat who's trying to get laid and is high on catnip all the time. But they chose to make Taylor Swift. It's such a mess. It's such a horrible mess. And then people were like, why is the trailer so long? I truly think it's because they saw the CGI and they were like, this is very bad. But what is good about this film is we have Jennifer Hudson absolutely murdering this song. Yeah. So they put like the entire song in the trailer. So then they need to have enough footage to make mm. that make sense. So it is this insane trailer where Jennifer H- Hudson is singing spectacularly because that's what she does. Right. And I think they were just sort of like, is that enough? Will you guys come see this? And listen, yes, I probably will. <laughs> because it looks like a disaster. I like, how big are the cats supposed to be? In some scenes, they look human size. Uh-huh. When that stupid cat sitting at the table holding <laughs> silverware, it looks like it's the size of a mouse. I just don't, I can't get over just thinking about like, like at no point in the production process was anybody like, this is weird. Like, why are we doing so this? So I really wonder if at a certain point they make the calculation of this is bad. Okay. Obviously it is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Is it fun, bad enough that people will come see it just to, like what I just said, where it's like, right. I got to see this fucking thing. Cause this looks like it's a that mess. probably will happen. Yeah. But also I don't know that like, I think for people like you and me, like cats is like a, well-known institution but i don't know how well-known cats is of the broader public that it was like a whole bunch of people are clamoring to see a new cats. oh i think the theater nerds are dying to see that oh i'm sure they are i'm just mean like the broader public like the general public well, think like, about how many theater 
nerds there yeah. are in like the Midwest that's and true. stuff. Yeah. And like you're never gonna see a Broadway production of Cats, but you can go see this movie. Yeah. Um every single scene still from the trailer looks like AI made it. Yeah. Like the deep fakes. Where I, it's it's so upsetting. I <laughs> I I I will go on record and say I hate modern CGI. I think it looks terrible. I agree. It's I supposed to look more lifelike, and I guess technically it does, but it just seems uh, it's. Well, it's the like, thing about CGI is you never notice when it's done well. Right. You're like, that's just real. Somebody did that. Yeah. That happened when I saw Dunkirk. I was like, oh, man, yeah. I don't know how Christopher Nolan shot some of this, and then it turned out it was CGI, and right, I was like, oh, that right. was good CGI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like war CGI they've gotten very good at, yes. but like monsters and fantastical creatures all still look very fake and maybe it looks fake because it doesn't exist it gives me that same feeling of like you know when you watch like like a very good hd tv mm-hmm. and it's just like it, the frame rate or whatever is like makes you kind of uneasy yes it's, you got I like a exactly slightly uneasy feeling about, yeah. yeah it's just like that's what watching the cgi makes me feel like it's mm-hmm. like I, there's something wrong and i can't pinpoint what it is but it's it's not good i don't like, care for it <laughs> I don't, i've not seen into it, it i've processed it i don't care for it and then Cats. there's also this weird thing like the lady cats are all not wearing clothes, but the guy cats we are. Have <laughs> like, we have to move on. We have to move on. I'm too upset. Guys, on this note, very much so, here is your bad news. All right. We got to talk about racist racist trump oh boy uh sicking a furious white mob on uh ilhan omar yeah and it all started with there was a bunch of infighting amongst the democrats because we're democrats (laughs) and Mm. also there's an old guard of democrats like nancy pelosi who fear the more progressive wing of the democratic party as embodied by the squad, right? Squad. We love that name. I don't <laughs> love that name. I'm not a fan of that name. But uh, that is comprised of uh, representatives who are all women of color who are like way more progressive than, say, a Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. So there was a lot of beef between them. And that was sort of the story on the news cycle for a while. And then Trump weighs in. Because he smells that the Democrats are weak because they're fighting. Well, I think, yeah, he smells that they're weak and also that people weren't talking about him. True. (laughs) Yes. So he tweets, so interesting to see progressive, in quotation marks, Democrat congresswomen who originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt and inept anywhere in the world, if they even have a functioning government at all, now loudly and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on earth, how our government is to be run. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came? Then come back and show us how it is done. These places need your help badly. You can't leave fast enough. I'm sure that Nancy Pelosi would be very happy to quickly work out free travel arrangements, which was like, you burn, (laughs) because Nancy Pelosi doesn't like you. Um, So obviously the most problematic part of this is the assumption that these women aren't from the United States, because with the exception of Ilhan Omar, who is a refugee, um, fled to the United Mm -hmm. States, uh, they're all American. <laughs> yeah. They're all from here. So there was this like racist 
intent from the beginning where it's like, well, these are brown women, so obviously they're not real Americans. Yeah, there's been a lot of people trying to downplay the racism of his words by saying, like, there's been a lot of people that have been, like, saying that, like, you know, well, you know, it's not racist to... They basically just missed the point because they were saying, like, well, it's, you know, he clarified later being, like, what I meant, what, or I don't know if he even he meant to clarify, clarify, but he was saying he like, like what made I, up. Well, it's like what yeah. I was saying was, if you don't like it, you can leave, which is not what he said. No, but that's what he, you know. That and was, also, even if that was true, that is a bad attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's also bad, but it's like, so a lot of people have been like, you know, oh well, that's what he meant, or it's not. You know, I've heard a lot of like right wingers saying things like, well, you know, he, Trump attacks everybody that he doesn't like and stuff like that. He's like, no, no, you're missing the point. He assumes people of color are not from America. <laughs> yeah. That's the racist part. To go back where they come from. So they're, of course, so that was like the sand, uh, the seed he planted, right? Mm. Then there's this rally he goes to. Um, and as he's addressing the crowd, the crowd starts to chant, send her back. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, okay, this is you reaping what you sow, right? right? We know that the seeds you planted are racist, and here's how we know that. Now there is a crowd of angry white people screaming to send her back about a woman of color who's a congresswoman, mm-hmm. democratically elected, mm-hmm. by a huge margin. Yeah. She absolutely crushed in that election, yeah, won overwhelmingly. Beloved in her community. Huge, so beloved. We'll get to that more of that mm-hmm. in a second. But uh, a Muslim woman, um, as I said, a woman of color. And so this furious white mob is now chanting, send her back. And it's like, well... Yeah, of course, it's this horrible racist moment because the seeds you planted were racist. Yeah, I mean, if the Democrats know what they're doing at all, they'll just play that clip on loop for, like, the next year. Yes. And 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 then Trump tried to say, like, oh, I was upset they said that. I tried to. I, like very quickly started talking when they were... D- and you just watch the clip. He he basks in it. <laughs> he loves it. He loves the fucking racist monsters. Yeah, I I, I, see a, I saw a lot of people saying that he, like, disavowed it or whatever. And he did, but also, like, disavowing something after the fact is not helpful. Yeah, also, the only people playing that he disavowed it, quote-unquote, is MSNBC, and his base never sees that. Right. So for his base, it's like he never apologized. Right. And also... I, and also, like, you know, a he big also didn't apologize. He yeah. just made excuses for it. Right. And, yeah. and I think, like, you know, a big thing since Trump's election has been a lot of people on the right and, frankly, some people on the left, you know, their big thing has been like, oh, you can't call Trump supporters racist or like, oh, what, you think half the country is racist? And all you have to do At is play that clip. It's half. Like, yes. At but least half the country is it's racist. It's like, yes, those, that's what his followers do. Yeah. And, like, that's... So when when somebody is like, oh, what you think you you think all Trump supporters are racist? All you have to do is play that clip for them. Yeah. Like, also, yes. if you vote for someone who supports racist policies, yes, you're racist. <laughs> yeah. It's very simple. Yeah. It's and super I'm sorry simple. if that hurts your feelings, but it should hurt your feelings more <laughs> that you have decided to be a racist. Right. Uh, so also keeping with this story. The House voted along party lines to allow Speaker Nancy Pelosi to call President Trump's tweets about minority Democratic lawmakers racist in the congressional record on Tuesday. And this was a huge deal because the GOP immediately tried to rule her comments out of order. Yeah, there's like a weird esoteric law in the rules of the 
uh, was it the house? But mm-hmm. there's like you can't the <laughs> it's worded so weird. So it it basically is saying you are not allowed to ascribe motives to the president. So and how she got around that was I'm not calling him racist. I'm saying his words are racist. Right. Yes. Exactly. So a lot of people were but a lot of people were saying like oh well if you say that something he said is racist you're assuming his motive is racism. Which is a, another rhetorical game that the right loves to play. Yeah, they just don't want it in an official record anywhere that the Speaker of the House called the president a racist. Yes. And also, and they just love, like, uh, you'll see this, like, a lot of, like, right-wing talk show hosts are always do this. And somebody does something racist, and they're like, you know, but they're like, I'm not a racist. And it's like, they just, basically, I don't know how much in good faith it is, but... It, Basically, their assumption is unless the person thinks of themselves as a racist, they're not a racist. Then they're not a racist, and which is where the whole Trump supporter thing comes from. Because like these people don't think of themselves as racist; they don't hate all, right. you know, all black people. It's like that's not the important part. The important part is the actions, right? Right. And the actions, and you know, everything that Donald Trump done has done is racist. Right. So yeah, I I don't care what Donald Trump thinks of himself, or the, you know, I don't care if he thinks of himself as a racist. That's yeah, but not Eric, important. Eric, he all he said was that Mexicans are rapists, <laughs> which is very nuanced. Yeah, and we can get into how nuanced it is. What does it mean? Um, it's it's abstractly worded. Right. So it's twelve dimensional chess. Exactly. <laughs> Get in the twelfth dimension with the rest of us. So I also wanted to talk about this archival footage that NBC dug up of Trump and <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein just laughing it up like bros in 1992 during uh, obviously a Mar-a-Lago uh, party. At one point, Trump appears to point at a woman and tells Epstein she's hot before whispering something else in Epstein's ear, causing Epstein to double over with laughter. I'm sure it was nothing. Literally, the footage is of... <laughs> They're like, like the problem. How this is not a bigger thing is blowing my absolute mind. Well, it's because a- Trump was like, I was never a fan of his, and then the media was like, I guess he was never a fan of his, and it's like, <laughs> they were bros! It's a video of... It's a party. Literally, it's just Donald Trump, Jeffrey Epstein, and like 30 women. Yeah. And... I, I, I don't know if this was written before the other clip came out. Another clip came out. It's literally just Trump grabbing women on the ass. Yeah. Like, he literally is just... And it's just like... Grabbing by the pussy. It's him and Jeffrey Epstein, a convicted yeah, pedophile. Yeah, where are the Pizzagate people? Because <laughs> yeah. here's, like, actual video footage of the future president and Jeffrey Epstein, who rapes underage girls... Yeah mingling at one of their gross parties like why are pizza gators not concerned about the children yeah <laughs> in this I've, situation? Also, I've also seen some really great like right-wing reactions where people are like oh they're just having a party just having a good time it's like yeah while the cameras are on yeah like, yeah they're very aware this is that how they it- behave and it's being filmed <laughs> yeah it's like what do you think happened at that party after the huge cameras went away yeah jesus christ they couldn't even keep it together yeah. long enough with the cameras there <laughs> It's just like, yeah, what uh, like of course like you that what do you think Jeffrey Epstein was doing at the time? That's like we know how Trump talks when he's accidentally recording. Right, exactly. Just openly brags about sexual assault. Yeah, so, so just, you know it gets crazy yeah, when so the camera's like, like Oh, okay. So Donald Trump, uh Jeffrey Epstein and thirty women were at a party. I'm sure nothing happened. Yeah, guys, nothing happened, wink. <laughs> All right, on that note, that's enough of the bad. Let's Ugh. get to the good. Here's your good news. 
All right, so I mentioned this before, but I'm putting this in the good news section. Ilhan Omar went back to where she came from, which Ooh. is uh, Minnesota. Burn on Trump. And <laughs> thank you, thank you for picking on up on that. Uh, so th- somebody recorded. Oh, uh, who's this? Tom Hauser recorded footage of her walking into the airport in Minneapolis, and there's a huge crowd to greet her. And they exploded in chants of welcome home, Ilhan. And yeah. it's a really nice moment because this fucking poor woman, like everybody in the quote unquote squad is getting a ton of backlash, but probably no one has gotten worse of the backlash, worse backlash than Ilhan Omar because she's a Muslim and, and she's she a black a woman. She wears the hijab. So she's like a visible Muslim. Yeah. And like certainly, you know, uh, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez is like a lightning rod for the right as well. Yeah. But like, I'm afraid for Ilhan Omar's safety. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are, I'm, I'm really, really worried somebody's going to do something. I think that's a real possibility. Yeah. I think that's a, you know, I, I, I'm certain that that's a real problem. But it was nice to see her get this overwhelming support. Could just like mentally, I can't imagine what this poor woman is going through. Yeah. Um, and again, overwhelmingly won her election. Right. <laughs> like so deserves to be in the House of Representatives. Yeah. Um, so, but it's nice that she has this support back home. Mm-hmm. So, also in good news, do you all remember that there was this judge named um, James Toronto? And he is a judge in New Jersey. And he was the one who let the kid off with the young man off with a like light sentence who was accused of rape because he said he came from a good family. Yeah. Okay. So some good news. um, He has resigned from his position, uh, which is obviously good News. That is good. Uh, State Supreme Court Chief Justice Stuart Rabner wrote in a statement regarding both judges, sexual assault is an act of violence. It terrorizes, degrades, and induces fear in victims, and our state has a strong interest in protecting victims of sexual assault and domestic violence. Um, So the other judge is Judge John Russo Jr., who asked a woman why she had not tried to close her legs during an assault. Um, He was also suspended in April without pay. So this comment was about both of them. Um, so, yeah, great news. I mean, that's good. It's also like a good reminder that, you know, uh, bringing light to these issues like does have uh, an effect, mm-hmm. you know, and getting people talking about them and stuff actually does have some sort of effect. A hundred percent. And I, again, like anytime someone derisively refers to the Twitter mob, Mm-hmm. Literally, all that means is just usually women <laughs> trying to amplify a, amplify a story like this so it gets more national attention. And then, yeah, as you said, what happened? He resigned. Great. Yeah. So mission completed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also in good news, guys, it's the 50th anniversary of, of the moon landing. Ooh, ooh. And I'm putting this in the good news section because uh, I love space shit. Hell yeah. But also, uh, NASA has announced their sort of vision of the future of the space program. And one thing that they really want to do is land a woman astronaut on the moon. Um, and that might seem like a sort of a Marvel Cinematic Universe moment where it's like, 
what the fuck is this? All of the female superheroes are lined up for some reason and they didn't do anything, <laughs> nor will they do anything uh-huh. for this film. Go girl power, <laughs> I guess. Like one of those cheap faux feminism moments. Yeah. But part of the reason they want to do it is so that young girls out there know that like research and development positions and like um, positions in the science sciences and like NASA positions are a possible path for them. Right. And really it's, it's hard to convince people of that until they see someone who looks like them doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I think it, it's significant for that reason. Yeah. There's a really cool thing I was just telling Faith about. Um, they just recently restored the control room at uh, the facility in Houston Okay. So they have a new control center, but they restored the old control center. Um, they just completely uh, restored it. I think it took like two or three years. Mm-hmm. But they've completely restored it to exactly how it looked when they landed on the moon. Oh, that's cool. So you can go. I think I don't. From what I was reading about it, I don't believe you can go in the room, but the whole room is set up. And then it's sort of like kind of like a zoo exhibit. There's glass like plexiglass walls, where you yeah. can look at it. But they have they literally have like ashtrays with cigarette butts that were based on that they did research on to find out like how much the person sitting there smoked oh my god and like so and and they have it playing you can so basically there's no people in there it's not a reenactment but they have the room set up and they have the screens playing what was playing when it landed oh my god so you can watch the mission unfold through the screens and stuff like that yeah the BBC played the audio from yeah. like the moment between when they said they were going to land and mm-hmm. then Buzz Aldrin is saying like we're kicking up dust yeah. and that like the the engineers knew uh-huh. that the landing was going to be successful mm-hmm. once they heard we're kicking up dust yeah. so they start to get excited yeah. and then Neil says that you know the eagle has landed and the guy who was like boy there's a lot of boys here who are turning blue because we were so nervous yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. like it's great it's such a cool moment yeah i um, uh yeah i i've always really wanted to read more about um i because I, I don't know I, I wonder if he's written a book or anything but uh michael collins mm-hmm. the guy the third astronaut who stayed in the again ship. you're you love bass players <laughs> yeah you love the I, guy who stayed on the ship. yeah i want to <laughs> know more about i just can't imagine what he was going because I've, I've heard a little bit about him because he was having nightmares leading up to it because he basically was like if shit goes wrong on the moon i have to take off and leave buzz and neil oh on my the moon God. yeah he was like oh i have to God. he was like i have to go and i'll be alone if, <sighs> if something goes wrong horrible you know yeah, it, yeah and so like uh yeah. truly <laughs> so, like the wildest part that's so wild but like the thing that i didn't know until i saw like first man Mm-hmm. And also read a little bit more about the space landing is that Neil Armstrong's like radar went out when he was about to land. Mm-hmm. So he eyeballed landing on the moon. Yeah, they uh, they actually uh, they were I forget the, the exact reason, but something was failing as they were going down. They had twenty. They had to land in a twenty-six second window, and if they missed it, they would not have been able. to Yeah, do it. and like Buzz is the one who gets like I think a little mouthy mm-hmm. with Houston because uh didn't know that Buzz Aldrin was like a very difficult personality. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they show that in First Man a little bit more, but like yeah, not good with people. <laughs> like 
just like a nightmare person to be sent to the moon but with. also that was put to good use years later when he punched, punched a man uh, for a debating moon, the moon truther landing. in the face <laughs> who tried to confront him and like 80 year old buzz aldrin lays him out <laughs> it's amazing um, uh but yeah he he's like you can hear him panicking like talking to houston where he's like this is not working this is not working yeah <laughs> like shit's going wrong yeah. i think they let something happened where it kind of bounced them and they landed like four miles from their landing destination um because they got propelled outward by something it's It's just like it's it's, 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 i long to have the confidence of a white man who's like i'm just gonna eyeball landing on the moon (laughs) i just like guys i got it no i'm not a pilot i'm a i'm an engineer i'm a a math guy but i i got this yeah (laughs) like what (laughs) spaceship is so cool i I love reading about that um you know uh i love reading i just was reading this really great article about um a bunch of Oh, now I'm gonna forget the name of the company. But they were talking. It was an article about a bunch of seamstresses mm-hmm. um, from uh, I don't even remember the name of the company. But they were like seamstresses from like bra manufacturer and and, and a bunch of clothing companies were instrumental in build like helping with uh, like I think it was like they were instrumental in helping put together like the the Apollo 13 thing where they had to like build like a special suit or something. Oh yeah. They were like instrumental in helping like sew stuff sure. together and like show them how to do you that. You got to know like people that. or get people who know how to do seams. Yeah, I I'm sure I butchered that, but you can find the article uh, and it's it's really interesting. Well, that is the cool thing about like a movie like Hidden Figures and stuff where yeah. it's like, yeah, it's not just Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin one day being like, we should go to the moon. Right. It's like yeah, this yeah, whole yeah. team of like math geniuses yeah. and engineers who, and some of them were women <gasps> and some of them were women of color. Yeah. What? I also read this amazing article recently. It was just a very short little blur, but it was about, um, I don't. I cannot remember. I don't have anything on me to look at. I cannot remember the name of the astronaut, and I, it might have been Gabriel Gifford's husband, but maybe not. I don't remember. Okay. But it was some astronaut of that era. It was not one of the original Apollo astronauts. It was like more recent. But it was a. It, it was an article about an astronaut being on a spacewalk, and uh, he got untethered. No. And Ni- literal nightmare. No, and literally the only reason he survived is because he was floating off and he hit a piece of the ship and floated back. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> That's the only re- he was. Ah! It was they were certain he was gone. That's like that nightmare scene from Gravity, yes. where he just they spins were, off they were space. Certain he was gone, and he hit something and and floated back. I'm like, That's can't the they re- can't they put a little jetpack on them or something <laughs> where they can like hit a button and like propel back? Yeah. That's Listen, I know that would add too much weight. I was blah, reading blah, about blah, blah, that. Blah. I was just like, that is the wildest thing I've yeah, ever. Yeah, like, can you heard. imagine that those like that second where he was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm floating into the abyss <laughs> yeah. of space, and then just hitting it and be like, nope, I'm fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> just unbelievable. Like, no person in the history of human existence experienced a more violent mood swing <laughs> than that man in that moment when that happened. Yeah. Holy fucking shit okay let's let's end the show on that existential dread right. note <laughs> guys uh hashtag light trees and pod any thoughts about today's episode if you can remember the the thing that scared you the most when you were a little kid when you were watching tv or movies i'd be curious to hear about that follow eric on twitter at eric underscore smith follow his new podcast um hashtag or uh at, at based pod based pod and if you follow you. my regular twitter it'll all He'll be promoted well, yeah. it'll be great please go to lighttreason.news and support the show that's the only way we're able to bring you weekly recaps and yeah thank you so much for listening and while you're at it get out there and cause a little trouble <laughs> <laughs>